Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Overtags Talk Show with your host, Carla Dennis, bringing you the truth. Hello, everybody. This is Carla Dennis, and I'm so excited for you to be with me today on Overtax. And I have to tell you that this is by far gonna be one of our real exciting shows. I have with me on today's show, my son, Kenneth Dennis. And Kenneth is the Chief Marketing Officer of Carla Dennis and Associates, Inc. He's the CEO of the Tax Reduction Company and the co-founder. And Kenny, I have to tell you, you're my son. I love you to death, but you know that I don't mess around. So how do you keep it all together? No, definitely. I want everybody on this show uh, to definitely <laughs> understand my mom does not mess around. Uh, so, you know, we get after and we do what we got to do. But, you know, to your point, how do I juggle it all? Um, it's a lot, you know, it's definitely, you have to have your priorities. One thing you've always taught me is make sure you're scheduling and different things like that. But, you know, one of my biggest things that I've learned, especially kind of being a millennial and, and doing marketing, different things like that, automation and really automating systems and process, processes have really been a big thing for me and allowing me to kind of free up my time and different things like that and, and different hiring processes to make sure that I can stay in my genius and do the things that I wanted to do and the companies are still running and doing everything efficiently. So that's kind of really how I juggle it more, more than anything, I would say. So you use automation, you use technology. So I'm gonna give you your kudos, give you your props. He said he's a millennial, you guys, and he is. And so what Kenny has successfully done for Carla Dennis and Associates Inc. is automate a lot of what we do behind the scenes. I have to tell you, I am fortunate that I have millennial sons because I came up in this industry, this accounting industry, when tax returns were being done by paper. Can you believe right. it? Um, and I just kind of stayed a little stuck, even though we automated our software, but you've come in and you said, mom, we have to automate the marketing. You have to be able to duplicate yourself. You right. have to be able to do all of these things. And it really has been a game changer. I mean, it's a way that you're able to 1X, 2X, 5X, 10X right. your company. And how do, I guess, from a perspective of being a millennial and working with someone like me, right? right. Who's, who's driven, who's old school. Yeah. How do you bridge that gap? What are some things that you use to help me see the vision to automate things? No, I, I think that's a great question uh, because in my head, I almost think that it's like, wait, why don't you want to do this? Or why don't you want to do that? Like, are you crazy? But I think, I think that as a older entrepreneur and really getting, um, you know, the older demographic to kind of really understand why should we automate, why should we move to a digital world? It's really, it's really one thing that you guys have done, the baby boomers, is you've really built great relationships with customers within person, the handshaking, different things like that, which is an amazing thing. And that's one of the biggest assets that the... Um, Baby boomer, baby boomer generation has. But now that we're moving to a digital economy where now the consumer doesn't necessarily need to shake your hand all the time and meet you in person, and most of them don't want to leave their house or they're on their phone every two seconds, 
It's how can we translate that to a digital world where people get to to understand you, familiarize yourself with you, but we do it at scale. So that's really kind of how we started to bridge the gap. And it was definitely different and it was definitely annoying. Like, what do you mean we're doing this or we're doing that? <laughs> but it's taking the same principles, you know, it's taking the same principles that made you great and just amplifying it and putting it in a different way so more people can see it more than anything. I have, I have to course correct you on a couple of things. So number one, I'm not from the older generation. I'm from the more seasoned generation. So let's just get that straight. That's the word. We'll say seasoned. Yeah, let's get that straight right now. You know who your mom is, right? That's, that's right. That's exactly it. And and to your point, it was it was it was scary. It was scary to branch out and start doing digital stuff and feeling like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm everywhere and I can't control it. It it, it was scary. It was different. And I guess because I trust you, I just said, okay, we just got to run with it. And it has definitely been a game changer. But I have to say that it was a lot getting our marketing digital, getting our services and products to be digital. It was a lot. And you would, you would always say to me, come on, we got to do this. We got to do this. We can make it happen. And you stayed strong. You right. kept your mental game up when I was like, oh my gosh, I'm just over it already. Right. What did you do? What were some tips that you used to keep your mental game up? Um, I would say, you know, for me, I come from a background of football and playing sports. So mentally, you know, especially in football, there's just that no quit mentality. Like you got to push through, you got to do what you got to do, no matter what the road barriers or different things like that, you kind of have to push through those barriers. So I kind of got that perspective from when I played sports before the normal person who might not play sports. I think just having that willpower and that grit that's innate in you where you don't take no for an answer. And I feel as if with a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, we naturally want to get into anything and everything. We see the new gold shiny toy. It's like, oh, we got to do this or we got to do that or we got to do this. And really all businesses and success is just sustained effort for a prolonged amount of time. You keep, you know, think about like a woodchucker. You keep, you put that thing there and you keep hitting that wood for long enough, that tree is going to fall over. Yeah. And that's the exact same concept when it comes to business. It's not rocket science. It's just put your chipper there, keep chipping, keep chipping, and eventually it's going to fall over. And once that one's done and that one's timber and different things like that, then you can move <laughs> on to the next project. You, know, but you just got to take I like that. I like yeah. that timber. That's, yeah, timber. That's know? exactly that's, it. That's our, that's our new word, timber. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Timber. I love it. Yeah. But you know, that's something you said. It's really... There's no magic in it. There's no, you know, people come to me, Kenny, and I, and I know they come to you being my son and they see what you're out there doing. People come to you and say, how do you do it? People come to you because they're looking for some magic in the sauce. They're looking for, you got the it factor. There's something special about you. You're able to do it because you're Carla's son. You're able to do it because X, Y, and Z. And I can honestly tell you everything that I've done in my business is that I commit to doing something and I continue to do it and 
as you and I always say, there's levels to business, right? You're going to oh. make some mistakes. Yep. There's some days that you're just going to want to be like, you know what? Why did I even start this business? I yep. could go work nine to five for somebody. What was I thinking? 100%. There's days you're going to have those conversations. Yep. But to your point, you got to stay the course. You got to yep. keep going. Yep. A hundred percent. No. And to your point, you know, I know one of the, the factors that drives you is your family. You know, you're, yep. you're, you're a mom of four, you've, you've raised us extremely well. And that's something that you've always put in front of you. And it's almost like your, your, your North star, like, yep. you know, no matter what I'm going through, like, I got to make sure my family gets it and I got to make sure they're good. So when you're an entrepreneur, you're going to, I, I deal with it all the time. You deal with it all the time. You got to know what your Northern star is. And right. if it's to have a better life, is it to grow wealth or is it to, you know, travel the world? What is that Northern star? And always keep that in your mind and everything else that you do is, will push you to get there. Because at the end of the day, if you can connect emotion to what you're doing, I want to build wealth for my family. I want to do this for my kids. You'll stop at anything to do that. If your kids drown in a pool, you can jump in that pool if you don't even know how to swim, right? That's right. 100%. I'm gonna jump in the pool. I'm gonna push everybody in the pool. I'm gonna do yep. whatever it is to say that those four. A hundred percent. So you're gonna you're gonna do whatever it takes. And it's it's that it's that principle, and it's really defining what is your northern star. And you know, like you said, you know, we try to complicate this thing. It's not yep. it's sustained effort, time after time, and establishing what is it that I truly want, and stopping at nothing to get there. Yeah. And I think that's, that's true. And I think to your point and something that we always talk about is making sure that we do it with integrity. Yeah. Sometimes in business, you're going to turn down business. If yeah. that means you're going to have to do something out of integrity because it's not worth it. It is yeah. absolutely not worth it. And, and speak to that a little bit because you know that's big for me and I teach that to you boys is to operate in integrity. So how does that translate to like the marketing and what you do? Well, I mean, as a marketer, anybody who's selling any type of services, you can sell the sizzle, but there's no steak that actually comes with it. And that's how you end up getting in trouble with different people and different things like that. And that's where greed comes in and that type of stuff. That's not the type of business that you want to do, you know, and that's not, you know, ethically where I stand or anybody should stand. It's hard to sleep at night when yeah. you do different things like that. So when you operate with integrity, you sell a great product, you make sure you're taking care of your customers. You will go 10 times harder for those customers because you're getting such great feedback from what you're doing and you'll feel good about it, yeah. you know, and you'll want to push the limits on a, on helping people at the end of the day what business is is we exchange a dollar right we exchange a dollar and in turn we want to get something back that's what it is it's called even value exchange so if somebody's going to exchange something with me i'm gonna make sure i give them value that's so right. if you can always have that at the crux of what you're doing and understanding that i got to produce value for these people and operate with a sense of integrity you'll always be good because nobody wants to constantly look over their shoulder making sure they're doing the right thing or are they going to find out this or are they going to find out that. I don't like living like that, you know, and there's, there's this term I always talk about. There's good money and there's bad money. There's a complete difference between the two. Good money is ethical money that you're getting and doing what you have to do. And bad money is 
hey, I'll take this money, but I don't know if I can fulfill on it. I don't know what I'm doing, blah, 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 blah. This is kind of wrong. Not all money's good money. We talk about that all the time. You yep. know, that's why we turn down people because of that, you know? Yeah, that, that's so true. I'm like, uh-uh. I'm not, I don't want to have any parts of that because to your point, when you're an entrepreneur, there are so many opportunities that knock on your door. Some of them are good opportunities. Some people will present opportunities that are bad opportunities. Right. And then once you rise to a certain level and you get to a certain space, people trust you. And trust is something that it's very difficult to get back with people. So you want to make sure that whatever you're doing, and to your point, even exchange and deliver in abundance. I yeah. know that when you and I were putting together the tax reduction strategy program and, and working on the tax reduction company for which you the CEO for, and we did the product and we redid the product and we redid the product and over and over. And you would say, I want it to be the best product out there because yep. I want to make sure the customers are good. 100%, 100%, you know, and at the end of the day, you know, people think marketing is something that's so like it's black magic or I got to figure out how to do Facebook or how to do this or how do I do on Google and different things like that. If you have a great product and it's wonderful and it does what you need it to do, marketing just amplifies what you do. That's just you with an incredible message. You see those people on the side of the street and they just have a megaphone, you know, and that's exactly what it is. If your message resonates with people, people, and you have a great product and it gets results, it's just amplifying what you do. It's not, it's not anything crazy. So really trusting your craft, trusting what you do and putting your customers first, the marketing comes easy after that. It's simple. Yeah. yeah. And really, I, I like what you said about your craft because you have traveled um, all over to yep. study marketing. Um, tell, tell the listeners about your background, where you went to school, how you started out in marketing, and some of the courses you've taken to get to where yep. you are. Yeah, so I started marketing, I would say, when I was in college. I went to Cal Baptist University of Riverside, California. And I originally was studying to become a pre-physical uh, pre therapy major. And I was, you know, as I said, I was a sports person all my life. And I thought that, oh, okay, well, let me just go and play or go do a craft that that's in sports. And um, my first couple classes, I failed. I said, man, I don't think this is for me. My brain's just not set up to do all this. And um, I ended up taking um, one marketing class. And I had this, this teacher, I forget his name, but we were talking about Nike and we're talking about this and that and just brands and everything just aligned. It was so easy to me. I just understood it because I felt as if I just understood people very well and I understood what people wanted. So it just came super easy to me. And um, during that time, I started really kind of getting into entrepreneurship. I wasn't playing football anymore. I needed something to kind of put myself into so I can achieve and do different things. So I started an online clothing company called Raken. And what we did was um, we basically sold um, clothing via online to people all over the world. And um, that was where I first started to dabble with marketing. And um, I ended up doing that business for a little bit, didn't end up becoming successful. And I ended up getting into some debt with, within that company. And um, then after that, I said, you know, what's one thing that I know extremely well that I started to learn through that process? It was marketing. 
and I ended up starting a, um, a digital agency where I help other clients basically market and doing different things online and, and yada, yada, yada. And, you know, I ended up paying off that debt that I had with the creditors for that first company ended up, you know, building a pretty, pretty decent agency. Um, then after that, you know, I kind of got tired with working with, um, the everyday person and different things like that, you know, and that's when, you know, I came back to the, the family business and I started really refining our marketing systems. I saw there was a huge opportunity within, um, um, within accounting and different things like that from a marketing perspective, because a lot of accounting firms don't market at all, to be honest with you. But then from there, I had that, you know, crazy concept that I came up, I came up to you about when it came to the tax reduction program and that kind of birthed that. And we build that into a seven figure firm now and that's taken off and, and doing different things. So that's kind of been the journey for me more than anything. And so one thing that um, Kenny didn't tell you guys, but I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say it. Kenny, tell him about your first sales job, what you used to do when you worked. Um, oh yeah. And you, <laughs> that was part of your marketing education too. Oh yeah, big time. So one of my first jobs in college, I had to get a job because I was trying to pay for inventory for the raking business. And I ended up getting my first job at Sports Chalet. And if you don't know what Sports Chalet is, it's just a um, local sporting goods store, similar to like a Dick's Sporting Goods that's all around the country. And I ended up working in the shoe department. And um, when you worked in the shoe department, I was getting paid, you know, pennies, absolute pennies at that shoe, shoe department. And um, I had to basically sell shoes, you know, and I had to meet a quota every single um, day then I had to sell the insoles inside the shoe and everything. So when your back's against the wall and you've got to make sales, you figure out how to sell pretty quickly. So it really refined my approach on how to talk to people, how to persuade people and different things like that. And I ended up becoming, you know, one of the top salesmen within the company um, at that time. And I remember I went to my boss, I'm like, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm hitting these numbers. I'm doing some incredible stuff can I get a raise? He's like, man, we haven't given out raises within, um, within two or three years, bro. You're, you're just out of luck. And I'm like, Oh man, I'm out. That's, that's a wrap for me. So I ended up leaving that. I ended up leaving that company and just going full, full, um, into, uh, my business. And that's kind of how, how it went. Yeah. And that's when you came to KDA and just started doing all that sort of stuff. But, you know, I applaud your efforts because one thing that I taught you is that you have to handle your business. So when you had break in and you needed to raise money for that company, you had to go out and work to raise that money for that company. And I applaud you for that because it would have been easy for you to come. Hey, mom. Hey, dad. I need some money for a company. But one of the things I've taught you and your brothers, and I think this is just a principle. When you have to work hard for something, you care for it at another level. You're going to put your blood, sweat, and tears yep. to make it happen or not happen. And, and everything rises and falls on you. And that's a lot of pressure to have on an individual, but I think it teaches you a lot of lessons because my philosophy is either I win or I learn. 100%. That is my philosophy. So when you were going through that and you had raking and you were yeah, buying yep. inventory 100%. and you were doing that, you were learning with that, with that business. And one thing that I know that you learned is that 
always, always, you got to have contingency plans. You right. got to look out for multiple things. You yep. got to be thinking at another level because there's levels to business. There, there, yeah, you're absolutely right. There's so many levels of business. When you're first starting a business, you're, you're in fight or flight mode. So you're doing whatever it takes to make money, to make a dollar, to make payroll, to do whatever you have to do. Then you start a transition where you have to build a team. So it's not just about you anymore. It's about the other people and you have to start growing as a leader. Then once you get to that stage, the business has grown now. Now, you know, there's different things you got to worry about. How are we growing? Are there different partners I need to bring in? Different things like that and protecting your mental space as much as you can because it's no longer about you no more. And it's about what you do and you taking care of the people that are around you and providing for your customers and protecting your energy is everything because it's not just on you no more. It's, you have multiple people that depend on you and that's a completely different mindset from when you just start a business. Yes, yes. And so I want to talk about that a little bit, protecting your energy. So it's almost like when you were little and you were learning how to ride your tricycle, right? Yeah. And if you fell off your tricycle, I was right there to pick you up. And then you got on your bicycle and you go riding off with your brother and something was happening. I had to get up and go see, right? Right. So the, the higher you grew or the older you got, the bigger you grew, the more the responsibility became. And so business is like that too. When you are running a business and you're making decisions and you have to decide what to do. You can't just make decisions that only impact you as an individual. It's impacting your team. Yep. It's impacting your customers. Yep. It's impacting a lot of things. And so you really do have to protect your mind. You have to protect your mental space. You mm -hmm. cannot allow somebody, as I like to say, when you're driving down the freeway, there's so many lanes of the highway right? 100%. You don't want anybody throwing something in your lane on the highway, which yeah. is going to cause you to get into an accident. Mm -hmm. So 100%. what do you do to protect your mental space? I think that's a great question. I think as an entrepreneur, I think it's one of the most undervalued conversation pieces in all of entrepreneurship because there's so much stress on the mind where you're operating at a level or just when you're starting off there's just so much mental stress and mental blockage for you to reach your goals. Half of the time I meet people and they can't get their businesses off the ground. It doesn't have to do with their mental capacity. It doesn't have to do with their skill set. They're just getting in their own way because they have a limiting self-belief where they're like, ah, I don't deserve that. Or I can't get there. And they'll do things to self-sabotage themselves to make sure that they don't get there like booking their appointments or procrastinating or different things like that. That mental side of the game, if you ever, if you ever, you know, watch sports or anything like that, there's this famous quote, you know, or at least for football, you know, 80% of football is mental. There's only 20% that's physical, yeah. you know? And if you yeah. can master the internal mental game, that's how you get an upper leg. So to your question, how do I manage the mental side? I would say number one, I read a ton of books on Audible talking about, you know, just internal things from um, confidence to fear to anxiety to everything and just learning as much as I can to manage what's inside of here because I have to operate in a sense of control. 
And if I can move and control and make logical decisions, then the team and everything else will, will take care of itself. Second, meditating and just taking some time to yourself and listening to yourself and calming yourself down has big, big. Um, then really, um, I would say the third thing is really getting to know who you are as a person. I think self-awareness is, again, one of the most undervalued things as an entrepreneur and you knowing who is Kenny, who is Carla. Can you put out a piece of paper and write down who you are, what your tendencies are, everything like that, you know? And for example, for me, I'm a type of person where I can work for a prolonged period of time, but I have to go out and be social. If I don't have that little aspect to myself, I will um, fail when it comes to business because I feel like I'm clamped in. And that's something that I've learned about myself to protect my mental capacity so I can perform at my high level. Yeah, yeah. And those are things that you've learned. I mean, to your point, when you're first starting out, you're just trying to pay the bills. And you're just hustling. And you're not really, you know, like I like to always talk about going 30,000 feet up in the air and looking down on the scene to see yep. what's going on, right? And for me, I protect my mental space by... I don't take certain conversations. Like I know, for example, if I have a presentation to do, I'm yeah. not having conversations with people. Yeah, I don't even, sure. I don't care what you have to talk about. I need to keep my mind right for the thing that is in front of me right now. That's yep. one thing that I do. I exercise. I love to have my headsets on and to do exercise and have my alone time. Yep. People laugh, Kenny, when I tell them I'm sort of like an introverted person. I like my alone yep. time. People think that that's 100%. funny because yep. they don't see me as that person, but yeah. I am that person. You are that person. You're very introverted. You like to be by yourself. But when it's time to turn on, you'll flip the switch. You know, but naturally, you just want to kind of chill out, be by yourself, and kind of just mellow out, you know? Yep. Yep. I got to think. And it's just, and I think it's important that you also realize that. You can't serve everybody. You can't be everything to everybody. People are going to reach out to you. Hey, Carly, you want to come over here? Hey, Carly, you want to be over there? You have to keep like a racehorse. This is probably yeah. the best analogy. Racehorse horses race with their blinders on. They can't even see the horse and the lane next to them. And as simple as that seems, that is a very good analogy because when you are doing what you need to do, you don't have time to be coming up, looking sideways, what other people are doing. Like, I, I can't even tell you what other tax people are out there doing because I can only tell you what Carl Dins and Associates are out there doing. No and I just find it so interesting when people come to me and go, oh, so-and-so and so mentioned your name or so-and-so. I'm like, really? Who? I don't even know who that is. I just find yep. it amazing to me. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, 100%. I mean, to your point, you know, again, it goes back to entrepreneurs. They just have that, that, that gold, that gold syndrome where they have to look at everything, see what everybody else is doing. I got to copy this and copy that and, and different things. And that just throws you in a disarray play your own game you're in your own zone you know if you're a sports fan you know kobe to lebron to michael jordan those people when it's time for the game and they got to lock in they're locked in you know there is no time for these these little other things that are going to affect your mental and affect what you're trying to do and again it goes back to what you just said most of the stuff we're talking about is simple stuff there is no high level strategy there's no tactic or this or that 
It's just doing the right thing day in and day out and getting after it and pushing through um, whatever you need to push through to get to where you want to go. Yep. And that's really what it is. It's consistency. It's keeping your mind strong. It's being able to not be affected by the naysayers. Um, It's not having shiny object syndrome, the next shiny thing you're trying to go after before you finish the thing that you've already committed to do. It really is a game of mindset because to your point, I think that when you get to a certain level, it's not about skill set anymore. Everybody's skill becomes equal at a certain level. At that level, your ability to achieve crosses over based on how well you can control this to get to where you need to go. I think that's it. Um, I don't know, Kenny. No, I mean, what you just said, that's it. It just reminded me of this quote that I heard from LeBron the other time. And he was talking about how come you've been great for this long? And he, and he talked about, I've seen people come in this, in this league who are just as talented, who've done this, who've done that. The reason I've stayed, I've been here the longest, and I've done what I've done and I've achieved what I've achieved is because I've locked in the longest. And if you can lock in and focus, that's how you get to where you got to go. You got to lock in. And the people that lock in, when you're talking about Steve Jobs or the Teslas and Elon Musk, there, there, there is no difference in talent. Everybody's talented at that level. Yep. Who can lock in the longest and who can sit and sustain the fire the longest is he who wins. That's exactly right. Well, guys, you heard it here, right? You heard it from sure, Kenneth sure. Dennis himself, Carla's son, her firstborn. That's all oh, I'm going to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> Kenny, I could talk to you forever. There's so many different conversations that you and I have. We're going to come back. We're going to do it again. We're just going to talk about all the different aspects of even growing up with an entrepreneur mom, right? Growing up, different things. We're going to have so many conversations. I'm just, you already know, you're you're a chip off the old block and I I love you up to death. Um, We're going to um, see you again. I appreciate you being on the show with me today. And to my listeners, listen up. You heard it from a millennial, and I tell you, they are going to lead us where we need to go next. As to Kenny's point, us old folks, us baby boomers, <laughs> we're tapping out. So this is Carla. I'm going to tap out for the day. Season. You guys are season. You guys, That's you guys, right. you guys age just like fine wine. <laughs> oh, all right now. Fine wine. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, we are going to lock it up for now. Thank you guys so much for listening. Take care.